Welcome to Panther Pori, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Presented by Florida Hockey Now. Here are your hosts, Jacob Langsom, Alex Lopez, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Panther Puri, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. Uh, and since our last episode, the Florida Panthers have played a couple of games uh, to the tune of a 1-2-0 and record. Uh, but before we get into all that, there is a far more pressing matter that we need to discuss. As confirmed by Steve Goldstein, uh, the Florida Panthers are doing away with individual goal songs for each player. We will see the return of a team goal song. Now, we do not know yet what that song is. Ideally, we'll find out on Thursday, as today, as uh, as we are. Assuming uh, we don't have te- technical difficulties for the third podcast in a row. You yes, that today. would be ideal. Um, Sorry but... about that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but we will find out what the new goal song is uh, when Toronto comes to town this evening. Uh, that is the hope. Yes, it would be a significant problem if we do not know what the goal song is uh, tonight. Uh, I don't know what the goal song will be, but I know what I want it to be. And that is where we will begin. So what do we think that the Florida Panthers 2024 goal song will be? Or what do we want it to be, rather? First, I want to say I, I personally like the individual goal songs. Um, you've actually seen quite a few teams adopt it this year. Um, the issue I think the Panthers had is the players didn't really do it, uh, didn't really adopt it. And you had what we've been told is basically the PR department picking songs for most of the players, which takes all of the personality out of it. Yeah, there were a couple good ones like uh, Lomberg and Verhage. But Lombard's was only good until uh, Kanye turned anti-Semitic. True. Then he changed it, which props to him, but sad for the gold song. But again, like most, most people didn't want to, didn't pick a song for themselves and you got kind of something generic. Yeah. And it is what it is. Like you're looking at, like I know the Buffalo Sabres are doing individual gold songs again this year. And some of their choices are fantastic. Shout out Jeff Skinner. Yeah, shout out Jeff Skinner. As much <laughs> as we clown on, you know, the Sabres, like they did the the team specific goal songs right. The Panthers last year, it didn't work out. I'm done clowning on the Sabres, by the way. I've decided to stake a claim in them. I think they are good now. Um, yeah, we'll the, the, the individual goal songs were a lot more fun in theory than I think they were in practice, unfortunately. Agreed. Uh, so I am looking forward to the return of uh, of a team goal song. Um. I never answered the question. I guess what I want it to be, I know you call me basic, but In Too Deep by Sum 41 would be a fun <laughs> choice. I like that song. It's one of my favorites. I know it's a very, you know, casual, you know, punk rock song in terms of like, oh, you're a fan of punk rock. You know, of course, you like Sum 41 In Too Deep. But yeah, that's one of my favorite songs. So uh, that's the one I think. I think it would be fun, especially the chorus. Um, I anticipate it's going to be something with a Miami theme. Some, for whatever reason, I'm, I, I feel like it's going to be Pitbull. I don't think so. There's I, nothing I that the Panthers have done that would, uh, yeah, that would lead me to believe that it would be Pitbull. I I don't really see the Miami angle in this team's marketing anymore. Yeah. Like, other than go. like the Latino community stuff, and like even then, I think a lot of people in Broward and Palm Beach are still going to latch onto that. So. I, I think this is a Broward and Palm Beach team, and if Miami fans are coming too, that's awesome. But they're not going out of their way like they were, you know, when they were actually in Miami and when they built the stadium and tried to, you know, make it really easy for people to get onto the southbound Sawgrass to 75, you know, get back to Doral or, you know, whatever other part of Dade you want to go to. Uh, those days are done. And Perhaps it's working out for them because lower bowl season tickets are apparently sold out for the first time in franchise history, I believe. I could not get a second ticket for tomorrow's game. That's why I'm not going. I could not get a ticket for my brother. Like I have the I have a one game package 
I have a one. I have one ticket, twenty-eight game package, and my brother and I last year we just turned it into a fourteen-game package, and went to every single game we wanted to go to, including opening night last year. I could not get two tickets together for opening night. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, it sucks for you and David, but it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I knew that going in. TJ, what what do you uh, think uh, or want the Panthers' goal song to be? I want it to be sweetness. I I will die on the hill. Um, I'm not going to make a stink about it not being sweetness, though. <laughs> you should. Uh, what you, are, will, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. What uh, what probably. I want, what I think it's going to be is I don't know, probably something EDM. Uh, but there's no like, precedent for that for the Panthers either. Well, we'll see. I did just come up with something that might actually be good, okay. and it has Hispanic flavor. Hmm. Bombaleo by Gypsy Kings. Yeah, I I could I could dig that though. Um yeah, right? It's not bad. With a couple well, okay. So that's that's a good way to set up my my answer to this question because the preface to me setting up my answer is I think there are three rules, well, two and a half rules yeah. that make for a good goal song. Let's do it. This fits like one and a half of them. Um in my opinion, the rules to make a great goal song. Uh, first and foremost, it needs to be something exciting, upbeat, uh, major key melody, like something that evokes happiness or excitement to some degree. Yes. Definitely fits that. The second rule of a great goal song is it needs to be somehow participatory. Either yes. like a call and response or a or a or an easy chanting um lyrical part. That's the half rule that it fits because there are definitely parts that that song fits. You can uh, absolutely chant Bambaleo, Bambaleo. And the yeah. whole like Bambale, Bambale, like that whole yeah, section. Yeah. Easy. Um I but outside of that part, you might have some drop off in the participation. Uh, the half rule, which is really just bonus points, is uh, bonus points if it's by a local artist or somewhat local artist. Yeah, that's so hard. To though. that end, eh, it isn't as good as you might think. To that end, there I, I would submit two songs as uh, potential Panthers goal songs. The first is the beginning of the downfall of us all by a day to remember. And I want to state my disagreement with Jake on this, but you continue. are incorrect. You are objectively incorrect. It is a phenomenal. That is song. not the beginning not of that song works. The phenomenally word objective as a goal cannot song. be in this, in this conversation. You have yes, to it remove can. it based on my criteria. That is a perfect goal song. It starts with group chanting. And then about 20 seconds in, the line very easy to hear and pick up on is let's go. And then you get this great heavy guitar riff. And if you don't think that 18,000 people doing that chanting, shouting, let's go. And then just going wild to that guitar riff wouldn't make a perfect goal celebration in the arena. You're out of your mind. Bonus points. They're from Ocala, not hyper local, but they're from Florida. The second song that I would submit as an option for the Panthers goal song would be Hit or Miss by Newfound Glory. Also fits the criteria of being a fun song if you don't look too closely into the lyrics. Uh, but the melody and the rhythm are great. Uh, easy enough to pick up on the words that it would be fun to sing along with the crowd. And they are from Coral Springs. Yeah. And are notably Panthers fans. Ian Grushka, their bassist, was a season ticket holder for a long time. Probably still is. I think he moved to Orlando. I'm wrong oh, about that, I but I, I don't think he lives in South Florida anymore. I'm not going to dox oh, Ian Grushka yeah. either way. Yeah, New Newfound Glory, Hit or Miss by Newfound Glory would be really fun. And it was written by Panthers fans. Uh, yeah, I, I think that would be a great option, too. It's a little bit less... Uh, it would be a little bit less fun, in my opinion, than than Downfall of Us All. But it, what what it lacks in that, it makes up for in locality. Can can the least musically inclined of us 
chime in here since I've sure. um a downfall of us all. I love the beginning of it. The issue you're gonna have with it is once the words start, it doesn't really work. You're gonna need to edit it to a different part of the song, maybe the chorus or whatever. But I do un- absolutely get where Jacob is coming from, where that first 25, 30 seconds is exactly what you need in a goal song. Um, And now for Newfound Glory, Hit or Miss. Uh, again, I'm a casual when it comes to music. I mean, I grew up listening to sports talk radio. Like I would get in the car and turn <laughs> on 560 or 790, like not music. But I did love Newfound Glory during, you know, my casual punk rock stage. And Hit or Miss is a fantastic song. It's local. So, yeah, if you can find a way to make Hit or Miss work, I'm all in on that. The issue you're going to have is, well, I guess it's not as much of an issue. Like, Toronto just had to change what was a very good choice for a goal song due to the content of the lyrics. So, uh, you're the Panthers. You could probably get away with it because there's a lot less, less scrutiny down here than there is in Toronto. When I mean, the fact that they changed their goal song was like, major news on tsn and it's like oh what's it going to be like they had segments talking about it (laughs) we can get away with having a a song with some questionable lyrics as long as it's not in the goals like the part of the song that's played during you know the celebration so toronto's actually doing something interesting apparently they're going to have not just like more than one goal song they're going to have like four or five depending upon like what jerseys they're wearing that particular game that's a pretty interesting thing. Yeah, depending on it's like depending on what jerseys, uh, who the opponent is, if it's like an original six, if it's a Canadian opponent, it's definitely interesting. Like, go for it, give it a try. Like, yeah, until unless you're a team that has like, like Chicago Chelsea Dagger, they they like ten out of ten, no notes. You never change it. You never touch it. Yeah, Rangers, same thing. Right, but until you get there, take chances, do things, mm-hmm. and then. You know, maybe one of those five becomes your the one that everyone uh, grabs onto. And for 24-25, it's like, all right, well, the one we used for our original six games is the one everyone liked, and it's a hit, so we're going to go with that one. Yeah. Um, I think the big difference between – I don't, Alex, I don't know which of the two songs I suggested you were more so referring to uh, in in the whole lyrics discussion. Uh, but one of the major differences, at least as far as hit or miss is concerned, it's probably a little bit more of a concern for downfall of us all. Uh, but the big difference between either of those songs and the Leafs needing to change Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi uh, is Pursuit of Happiness, though a great song and I think a phenomenal choice for a goal song, uh, has some objectionable lyrics that you might not want children to hear if you were a parent bring their kid to bring your kid to a game. Right. Hit or miss does not have that issue. Uh, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I just remember hit or miss. I don't remember the lyrics. Sorry. I didn't mean to say, yeah, really I mean, good. it's not really, it doesn't have anything particularly objectionable. Like, like pursuit of happiness has a line that goes driving drunk. I'm doing my thing. Like that's not a line you necessarily yeah. want playing in your stadium. Well, I wouldn't, it, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. It, it's, it's not even that it's, you know, a goal song is pretty iconic. Like, I guarantee you on every playlist of a you know 12 year old boy playing hockey in Chicago or 12 year old boy or girl or whatever is Chelsea Dagger and they're yes. listening to the whole song. So if you have hit you know a song with objectionable lyrics especially like that you're putting you're basically saying I'm putting it on every 12 year old hype playlist before he plays hockey. Right. And it's it's why the NHL, even though arguably one of the greatest like celebration songs of all time, Rock and Roll Part Two, no longer gets played because yeah. the NHL did not want to support a child molester. Yeah. Good call. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Right. It's yeah. the right decision. <laughs> but it's like, you know, the Panthers had an amazing goal song, but they had to change it because albeit or unoriginal, you know. All right, but it was still right. That's the interesting thing as much as much as I might give Alex for in too deep is his choice. A little bit of unoriginality is probably necessary for a good goal song in order to fit the requirement, in my opinion, of participation. It has to either be a song that everyone knows or a song with extremely simple or a part of a song with extremely simple lyrics like the beginning of Downfall of Us All. 
I'll, as long as Mambo number five sticks around for when we when we get to five, I'm happy. That's that's a good bit. Yeah, yeah. It it, it, it like like Jacob said, it's got to be, it's got to be a song that is catchy and people know. Like the best part of the playoffs last year were the sing-alongs, and guys, we weren't doing deep cuts of, you know, tiny ass bands. We were we were singing right. like 182. Look, I'm sure there are lots of songs that I could suggest that would make fun goal songs. But you got to teach them to 18,000 people first. Yeah. Everyone knows the chorus to hit or miss by newfound glory. Even if you don't know that, you know, that song, I trust me, you know it. Yeah. I I wouldn't be so sure. Actually, you know, newfound glory is a popular band in the pop punk sphere, but you know, not necessarily played on number or uh, uh, top 100 radio or whatever you call it. I think that song is, relatively ubiquitous though that, that maybe one was, down here it's perhaps ubiquitous down here I, I i disagree there was a lot of newfound glory was really big for a while during our you know high middle school high school years so a lot of that 30 to 40 crowd is going to know that song assuming it's a choice for the panthers yeah but hey we'll f- hopefully find out tonight and hopefully find out early on if yeah, it is that would be nice if it is hit or miss which i think there's like a a genuine chance that it could be. Um, oh, absolutely. I'm taking credit for that. Yeah. So l- let us know uh, what you think the goal song might be as you listen to this with just a few hours to go before the game. Um, the other thing that was mentioned by Goldie is that there's going to be a, some sort of ceremony to commemorate winning the conference finals. Uh, what do you guys think about that? 30 seconds or less? Cause we did way too much Puri so far. <laughs> I mean, I don't why, think it's Puri because you... it is still Panther. Why True. would you why would you do it for the conference finals and not for the president's trophy? Like the president's trophy, you actually want I guess that there's a trophy for the conference, yeah. but like yeah. is, is it really winning something though? Yes. I don't I yes. don't know. I think I think it's generally seen as a much greater accomplishment to Agreed. make it to the Stanley Cup final than to win the president's trophy. Absolutely agree. It, the playoffs are where you get your glory in all of American sports. Yep. Um, if we were in Europe, the president's trophy would have meant the Panthers won the whole damn thing. But yep. in here, it just means you were really good in the regular season. And then if you don't back it up in the playoffs, you're a never was. I mean, the Patriots went undefeated in a 16 game regular season. And the only thing anyone remembers is they lost to the Giants at the Super Bowl. That said, I do not agree with them taking down the original 96 conference championship banner. 30 more I- minutes of Paris because that was bullshit. That that banner was unique and had personality to it. Taking it, it down perfect. in in uh in favor of just like a plain rectangle common like Eastern Conference champions 1995-96. Like, come on, what are you doing? Yeah, be have a unique. Honestly, like some there, there's been floating around on Twitter is people using like the new modernized Panther to make a similar one to the 96 Panther. That would have been amazing. I get why they didn't do it because that's not the primary logo. In fact, you rarely see it now that there's advertising on the helmets. But yeah, like that was such a unique banner to to go with a you know generic square it sucks now we can talk about the on ice play yeah so let's uh now now i think would be a good time to move on to actual hockey thanks for sticking with us everybody i know this is the part actually you know right. what? I, don't, I don't know if this is the part that everyone's tuning in for i think a lot of people like our puri uh although as i said that was all still panther at least uh okay so yes one two and one record lost to minnesota lost to winnipeg beat new jersey um really interesting sequence of games got absolutely goalied by minnesota got kind of crushed by winnipeg yes and then played like 45 phenomenal minutes against new jersey and then 15 not so phenomenal minutes but still came away with a dub i already said this but like i really only thought that they played poorly in like the one shift before they gave up that power play that Brat scored on to make it four to three. And like the, the shift that they gave up the penalty and everything that happened after that, they were holding on for dear life. But up until then there was like a tip that was one of the goals. And another was like a, a really good break on a rebound that went right to a, a stick of a player that was being covered anyway. You know, and the, look, the first 40 minutes were sort of the other way around. Like the Devils yeah. were in that game and it was for nothing for some reason, I guess, because Bob was playing great. And it was Vanacek, I believe, for the Devils that it was wasn't having a stellar night. You know, like some of it was like the good, 
good tip luck like I talked about with the Devils getting one in the in the third off a tip, but you know, overall this this stuff happens. Like there's 82 games and there's always going to be games where you just get the breaks one way or another. Minnesota got every single break possible in the in the first game of the season. Now that, you know, the Panthers could have done more. I felt like in the third period they waited a little bit too long to apply the pressure, but they still had like 45 shots and didn't score. Like, yeah, that's not going to happen twice in a row. They got goalied. Yeah, totally. They got goalied. The only reason it was such a big deal is because it was the first game of the season. You never want to be shut out the first game of the season. Mm-hmm. And it happened to the Panthers. But though, counterpoint, get it out of the way early. Yeah. Yeah. They've um, never been shut out more than once in a season since uh that was the, good. it can't be never since since yeah uh, since the zito era i yeah i'm trying to i think they went like they a, went all last season without getting since shut the bubble. out right no oh no, last they year got they shut got, out they got shut out by carolina no they definitely got shut out last year but it was the year the president's trophy year they never yes. got shut out well they did get shut out but like in the playoffs right yeah you know, so no, I, I don't regular we're season. talking yeah we're talking okay um but yeah, like you got goalied. It sucks as the first game of the season. But like, it was also it wasn't like you got goalied by, you know, Valamaki in Arizona and dropped two points that you. Valamaki's defenseman. The Melka. The Melka, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like it wasn't a bottom feeder team that stole two points from you. It was a Minnesota Wild team that's expected to comfortably make the playoffs, and you lost on their ice. And a place you no- normally don't play well anyway. So, whatever. In context, one of the reasons that Minnesota is expected to sleepwalk into the playoffs is because they play in the worst division in the league. Granted, like they're not a they're not an easy team to beat. Yeah, they're a yeah. good team. You definitely the Panthers definitely outplayed the Wild. Like there was there was promise there. They really did just get goalied, and unfortunately, they got goalied in game one. Shit happens. Yeah. Game two, that was more of a poor performance. Like, this is where we really started to think, like, yeah, this defense blows. (laughs) And, and it, and, you know, it's, it's nobody's fault. Like, it's, it's an extremely poorly paid defense by NHL standards. What the whole defense is like a 10 million AAV. There are several defensemen in the NHL that, there are several defensemen in the NHL that make, more than the Panthers' entire blue line does on an average annual basis. What does Forsling make? Like two point number, two point six, two point five, two point two five, one one nine two five eight seventy. Yeah, it's it's under ten million. Yeah, I mean the the Jets are rolling out Morrissey. Did he just get a contract extension? We just we just saw what's his name, Rasmus Dahlin get eleven million. So literally, Rasmus Dahlin makes more than the entire Panthers' defensive Whoa. core right now. Of course, we have to give credence to the fact that no Ekblad, no Montour. Right. We Naturally, our defense is going to not look that good, missing our two best defensemen. Correct. Um, that said, I didn't expect it to be so not that good. Although it's worth noting that it was it's the team defense that hasn't really been great. Not necessarily the individual defensemen. Um, I'm just looking for for funsies. I wanted to pull up the team stats. Do you guys want to know who's leading the Panthers in five on five Corsi four percentage through these three games? Um, Josh Mahura, Sam it's, Reinhart. It's Nico Mikola. Really, sixty point three six percent. Because he was they him and 60%. Kulikov were terrible. Kulikov in fourth place at fifty seven percent. My eyes are my eyes are struggling because I thought he was. Yeah, I thought that line was terrible again in that third period against the Devils. Now it well, is I worth mean, noting they are ninth and twelfth respectively in expected goals for. Oh, so they might sense. not be giving up a lot, but they're giving up quality. Okay. Or they're just getting nothing on the other end. That too, which is also kind of what you expect out of Nico Mikola and Dmitry Kulikov. Hey, Mikola's got a goal. Mikola does have a goal, although. I would more say Matthew Kachuk has a perfect assist. Yeah. Like you got a few. 
You got to really suck that to was not one of those goals one. where like anyone with their stick in that position. Yeah, to, to quote the le- off that assist. <laughs> to quote the Levitard line, a shopping cart with an arm attached to it, or I guess in this case, a shopping cart with a stick attached to it scores that goal. Right. Though, I good on Mikola for being in the right position to finish. Yeah. It was, he, didn't, it was he didn't really do much other than redirect a great pass. In soccer, we call that a smart run. He noticed a, a gap yeah. in the defense that if, you know, it's a difficult pass, obviously, but he knew that Kachuk had the puck, and that's right. a pass that he's capable of making. And if that pass gets through, there's nobody there to stop him from tapping it into the net, and that's yeah. what happens. I will also say, while we're on the subject of uh, of some predictive analytics, uh, second and fifth in Corsi 4 percentage, while being first and second in expected goals percentage, Ed Rodriguez and Sasha Barkov. Yeah, that, that that pairing has worked so far. Oh, yeah. Erod, he was getting some shit in the first game. Yeah. And then he came back with a four-point game. Haters, eat that one. Yeah. Stan Club, rise up. We got quoted by the Erod, <laughs> Evan Rodriguez fan club. Yeah, that definitely looks like a um, a signing that is going to work out for the Panthers and has worked out so far. Yeah, yeah, and imagine once they really start to know each other's games, it's going to be special. Sam Reinhardt, I think we can talk about three goals in three games, and he had no goals until game nine, game ten last year. So yeah. for him to get out to a strong start <laughs> is a very promising sign because they're going to need to outscore teams like they did New Jersey in order to get the necessary amount of points to keep them in the playoff race until Ekblad and Montour come back. And when Ekblad and Montour come back, this is a roster that should just be able to coast into the playoffs, but they got to be in a position where they can do that. Yeah. Reinhardt leading the team with three goals in three games. Uh, Erod leading the team in points with five, by the way. Uh, And I'm extremely excited that, finally i don't have to go to bat for sam reinhardt for the first two months of the season because last season especially i think the season before also um a lot of people were really low on sam reinhardt at the beginning of the season and i remember very clearly saying he's awesome He'll be fine. Like, yeah, he's all, he might be a little snake bitten, but this guy is a 30 goal scorer. Um, you, if you look hard enough, you can find a series of tweets from me during last season, uh, where whenever he scored a goal, I would mention the goal scoring pace he was on, uh, over the course of an 82 game season. Uh, and he ended up having a second straight 30 plus goal season last year. And this year he's on track to do it again. Because this is what he is. He's a 30-goal scorer. It's garbage goals. It's power play goals. But you need someone who can do that. And he does it while giving you very, very good defense. Yes. Like, it's not empty calories. I do want to discuss OEL because I feel like there's been good moments and bad moments. And, you know, it's kind of hard for me to nail down what the consensus is now, because I've seen some people say like, wow, what a master stroke signing by Bill Zito. And I've seen some people say, well, this guy's unplayable. So I don't know what we're going to do. Where, where are you guys? Um, I'm kind of in that same boat. Like what the ladder, or are you still trying to figure it out? I'm still trying to figure it out. Like he was very, very good against Minnesota. Not so good the last couple games. I it it and it's also only been three games. It's too early to make snap decisions or snap judgments, I guess. But at the same time, two of the games he was not great at five on five. One of the games he was. He's been a pretty good power play quarterback. So yes, that yeah. I don't have an issue with. I I think you know if this is the OEL we're getting and there's no improvement or uh, regression then you look like you have a bottom pairing guy who can who can manage your power who can manage power play too when Montour is back which is a good signing for 2.25 million dollars 
I do want to point out that despite being uh, 159th among defensemen in five on five Corsi four percentage, uh, if you just change some some things around and look at his power play production, uh, sorted by Corsi four per 60 minutes, uh, that being essentially his impact on the team's shot attempts uh, while they are on the power play, standardized for ice time. So uh, if you look at that, Oliver ekman Larson ranks 17th among all defensemen in power play shot attempts for per 60 minutes. So that's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it, it's too early to decide. There's, there's some not troubling... a top pairing defenseman. Yeah, there's some troubling stuff in there, but at the same time, it's not like it's not gloom and doom. I'm getting strong late Yandel vibes from this, which was underrated. Like that, obviously, defensively at five on five, he was a mess. He's but, also a third the price. Right, right, which made it way more tenable. For, for OEL to play like that versus Yandel to play like that, making 6.6 or whatever he was making at the time. I think it was but like he was still, he was still an elite power play quarterback, even like into his late thirties, but you know, just such a liability everywhere else that like you're, you're kind of wondering, well, what if we replace him on the power play? What is that? spot going to be able to get us from some other guy you know it's not it's not just about how good somebody is it's about how much better than their potential replacement they are yeah. um yeah i mean he's spent more time with forsling than anyone else by a long shot uh his just looking at his time on ice with at five on five 41 minutes with gus forsling next highest is sasha barkov at 17 minutes they're trusting him with that, with those, with those top pairing duties. That can't last though. Like he's well. That's that's what I'm saying. Once once the lineup is healthy, and OEL doesn't have to be trusted in top pairing minutes while still being able to effectively run a power play, he's going to look a lot better. So I think any anyone who uh, who's thinking what was Zito thinking, this guy's never going to work, uh, has to be able to temper that by recognizing contextually that he's not currently playing the role he was signed to play long-term. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was signed to play this role though, because it's a one-year contract. Like, well, no, he, he was signed you to brought play... him on saying, all right, you'll, you'll do what you need to do until Ekblad and or Montour come back. Right. And as soon as that happens, you're getting pushed down the lineup. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. a guy that's like a, an injury risk, like him, you're, you're worried about him playing 82 but you're not necessarily worried about him going down in October. Whereas like if he gets an injury, re-aggravates one of his old injuries in January, you're like, okay, not great, but we have Ekblad and Montour back. We can survive this. Uh, some of the forwards at five on five that OEL has spent the most time against include players like Kirill Kaprizov and Jack Hughes. Those aren't the players he'll be playing against with a healthy lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you just don't have somebody else to put out against them. You don't. Yeah. And it's not like the Panthers have like the Panthers have had us like a three road games to start the season against three good teams. Playoff teams from last year. Right. Yeah. Like it, it's not like they got to start the season against Chicago and Montreal. Like, yeah, they had two tough opponents to start the year. Three mm-hmm. or three, excuse I mean, me, three. <laughs> and ironically, yeah. they beat the best one and yeah. lost yes. to the other two. Yes. And they deserve to win the first one. I mean, the they second. Did. So, like, I'm not panicking yet. I'm not pulling the report. I mean, saying, nobody, oh, nobody really no. is, I don't think. Hey, not not seriously, idiot. anyway. There's the and 0 and 2, fans. some people were like, you know, it's cosplay, though. Like, you get into sports because it's drama. It's entertainment, yeah. And you're you're sort of going with the professional wrestling, and you're you're playing the role of the like person who's being melodramatic. Like I I feel like if you grill those people, they would be like, yes, I agree. It is only game two. There's nothing really to worry about yet. Okay, so let's talk about some guys that are not going to be on the ice in future Panthers games, unlike everybody we've been talking about. And then the the headline here is Mackie Samuskevich who yeah. got two games, two NHL opportunities, 
I think the general consensus on his performance against Minnesota was that he played very well yes. and could have had multiple points if Gustafson wasn't on his game to the he extent that he was. Bar. Yeah. And then against Winnipeg, he had some of the worst five on five on ice results. I, I, I would probably say he was their worst player and the stats yep. do back that up. Yes, they do. And, you know, unfortunately this isn't a team that's in the situation that like the Canadians, the flyers, some of the other teams in the league that like don't have that pressure to make the playoffs, even like a, a Colorado or a who's another team. That's like a lock for the playoffs. Toronto. Let's say yeah, Toronto. Those teams can afford to give it a young guy extra playing time because yep. they have margin for error. Like, we all think the Panthers will make the playoffs, but I kind of had an argument with you off there, Jake, that, you know, I wanted to come into the season saying like, it's going to be a, a question all year. Like the, the question is going to be, can they get in? And you disagreed with that. I do. Well, I still I, do. My, my contention is that they have to survive these two months with a bottom three defense in the NHL. Like, one that any team that is seriously trying to compete to make the playoffs has a much better defense than, you know what I mean? Like it, yes, it's, but it's also, something that you have to, you know, it's game three. And if, if they went up against almost any other goalie in game one, they'd be sitting at two and one right now. Yeah. Oh, I mean, they're, they're playing fine. Yeah. Like there, there's nothing that's happened so far. That's really changed my mind about anything. And I, I don't think that it would be possible three games in unless like, Bob had a 600 save percentage. Although do you guys, do you, do you guys disagree with me that this, like, you know, th this idea that it's okay that they're not giving Mackie a long leash because this season, like the margin for error, yeah. we don't know if it's there. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. Um, And if you're not sure whether or not you're going to keep playing him, the right move is to send him where he will get the minutes. And, and remember, him making the club was a surprise out of Kansas. Yes. He earned it. A pleasant like, surprise, but yeah, a surprise. But this was not in the game plan. The game plan wasn't, oh, we. this isn't like Borgstrom, who you know was given every opportunity. It's like, we need you to be the 3C. And then he just fell flat on his face every time. This was, hey, you earn, Mackey earned it in camp and had a great game and then had a not so great game. And we decided to send him down. I thought it was an extremely short, an unnecessarily short leash, but it's not something I'm really too worried about yeah. because, again, he was not expected to be on the opening night roster. And for the record, I don't think Justin Sordiff was all that great against New Jersey. He was fine. You was, know, he like was it's fine. one yeah. game he, he in six minutes. You know, it, it's such low expectations yeah. that, like, he would have to be really flailing out there for me to say, like, I noticed that he was not good enough. As far as NHL debuts go, Mackie had a better one than oh, yeah. sort of. Oh, yeah. But also, uh, sort of played better against the Devils than Mackie played against the Jets. There's no question about that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the problem is that they decided to put him in the top six for that game. And, like, I, I really don't understand it. if it's a surprise that he's with the big club. Why are you trusting with him with playing against other teams? Second lines. And that was, that was the issue. I feel like, cause he was, he was feasting against that third, third line competition. Maybe Minnesota just has a weak third line. I don't know, but he's not ready for the, the top six defensive responsibility. And to say that that means he shouldn't be on the roster. I feel like is a bit of a stretch. But I understand at the same time. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to be too depressed about it. it like, He'll be back. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back. Uh, let's move on to the other roster decision, the other roster moves. Well, um, I also wanted to talk about in this segment that Mike Riley has yet to set foot on the ice in yeah. a minute of the regular season. I, yeah. don't, I don't get that. I, I really thought that, the, that this this Panthers team was primed to finally be the team that gave Mike Riley his honest chance. But I guess the team likes what they have in Uvis Bolinskis. Um, he's been fine. Yeah. He hasn't sucked, but again, like low expectations. You, 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 all you're asked to do is, is stuff that any 
not even NHL player, but professional hockey player should be able to do. I mean, I, I, I'd love uh, Riley to slide in for Kulikov because Kulikov, he's met and he takes a lot of penalties. He should have gotten another one yeah. in that New Jersey game. Like the New Jersey should have been right back on the power play within the last two minutes of the game with a shot to tie it. That was a blatant trip and it should have been called. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm already done with it. And the, their the penalties player. that are most commonly given to players who can't keep up with their opposition. Yeah. The only one I'll forgive him for when I ta- I tweeted about it was that one Bar- Barkov saucer pass at the blue line. That was one hundred percent on Barkov. Yeah. That was a great tweet, by the way. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I agreed with it full wholeheartedly. Like Barkov threw a grenade at him and was like, "Hey, man, here you go. There's three guys on you at the blue line, and I'm yeah. throwing you a, a wobbly saucer pass." Yeah, I just I don't understand why why we don't see what we have in Mike Riley. I mean, he's such a good player. And look, I I guess I'm not an NHL coach. I never have, been, never will be. Um, a lot of teams have used Mike Riley as their seventh defenseman. He has had excellent results when he's when when teams use him. And that typically leads me to wonder why teams don't use him more. But if every team is treating him the same way, there's gotta be something to it. Yeah, it's I don't, it's I, I don't know if I agree. Like well right. the, the, al- it- the alternative version of that is and the NHL is a league of reputation. And if one or two teams uses you as their seventh defenseman because they're too dumb to realize that you're better than that. That will become your reputation and every team will follow suit. Here's the reality in the NHL. For how long have people been saying that when a defenseman plays a lot of minutes, that means they're good. Yes. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it happens even when it's somebody else that's giving that person the TOI. Like, that's probably why Paul Maurice doesn't think he's good because other teams were playing it. Yeah, I don't I, trust these hockey men to understand <laughs> the difference between, you know, the, the self-fulfilling prophecy and actual signs that a player is, is or isn't good. I, I sorry. Like the, the proof is in the pudding. Look at, look at years and years of stuff that we've seen. Gabranson is on $4 million right now. Yeah. But if there's an organization that gets credit for putting guys in the position they need to be in to succeed, it's the Florida Panthers. See Sam Bennett. See Brandon Montour. See Carter Verhage. Yeah, see Verhage Josh Mahara. See answer. Gustav Forsling. I know, but I wanted to go with the ones that we were most loud wrong about first. Fair. But none of none of those guys came into a Paul Maurice coach team. Josh Mahara did. Josh okay, Mahara Josh Maher is the one exception. Yeah, but I, Mike I, but Riley I has had four excellent seasons. It could just be Jacob McDonald all over again. Do do eleven oh. seven? I honestly think they don't have twelve forwards that I'm really want to see play consistently right now. Like in, unless you include yeah. Mackey, but like I understand why they're not going to play him. Yeah, give uh, Mike Riley a legitimate chance. God, Jacob McDonald is still so good. Oh my no, but, goodness, his results have been phenomenal. Yeah. I'll uh I'll repeat I'll I'll just basically piggyback off what you're saying on the forward, CJ. Um Steven Lorenz is too too uh slow. He is way too slow. I know he's a big body, blah, blah, blah. He cannot keep up with the pace of play. I'll I'll keep an eye on that because I, I don't really watch the fourth line with a lot of intention. Look, look, because like when, when the Panthers were getting caved and Maurice was going to that fourth line to try and get energy, like there was that there was the one shift where um, Lorenz was breaking the puck up up the middle of the ice, and he started at the red line, and Jack Hughes chased him down, and he started in the Panther zone, and he chased him down before Lorenz got to the blue line, stole the puck, and started another odd man rush that I think led to a penalty. It was like the freeze. Yeah, Atlanta it, Braves. Guy. It was literally like the Atlanta Braves guy from the freeze. Like, and I know Jack Hughes is one of the best skaters in the NHL, and Lawrence is a fourth line guy. But like, that was just like an oh shit, this guy is really slow. Lawrence, I, I will is watch out for the it. Panthers' best penalty killer so far. 
Okay. But small sample size. Yes, very. Very. It, it, it's you can't really do those kind of conversations yet with the sample sizes we have. Yeah. The the thing about analytics is you need data, and three games is not enough data. Yeah. True. Stephen Lorette. Wow. Okay. Small sample size aside, uh, Stephen Lorenz shorthanded Corsi against per sixty minutes, seventh best in the league. Okay. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. It's Grant, pretty I mean, five of those six size. guys ahead of him are zero <laughs> in like two seconds of penalty killing time. I'm sure uh, it's, it's been three minutes, three and a half minutes, two minutes, two minutes, four minutes. Well, you're doing pretty good. Minutes, if you haven't given up a shot in four minutes. minutes of penalty killing, that's pretty good. That's Cam, uh, Cam York, Jesper Bratt, Joel Farabee, Kyler Yamamoto, Morgan Riley are the players with zero Corsi against for 60 minutes. Morgan Riley surprising. Yeah, a little bit. All right. Um, do we want to talk about William Lockwood at all? What's there to say? No, he got called yeah. up. They're not going to play him. Yeah, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he might get he might get one game, but he would play eight minutes in that game. Lockwood's your thirteenth forward. He oh, fourteenth forward right now. Fourteenth, thirteenth. Oh yeah, because remember they also have Jonah Gad- Gadjevich or whatever. Yeah, he's on IR though. I think is he on the active roster? Yeah, he's on the active roster. He had to be to sign him. I think he's injured though. Well, right. He doesn't show his injured on the on cap friendly. Right now, the Panthers have fourteen forwards, seven defensemen, and two goalies. By the way, Jonah Gadjevich is terrible. What are we doing? Yeah, he's not good. He is this year's Giovanni <laughs> Smith that is going to be obsessed on by a certain segment of the the Panthers fan base and hated on by anyone that has two brain cells to rub together in terms of hockey knowledge. Yeah. I, I just ask anybody like who is the Vegas golden Knights enforcer from last year? Who is the Colorado enforcer from two oh. years ago? Who's the Tampa enforcer from three years ago? Who's the Tampa enforcer from four years ago? You don't, you can't answer any of those questions because uh, they didn't I have can one. answer the Tampa ones. I, no. I can. Oh, I can. <laughs> Vegas is Keegan Colasar, but he's actually yes. an hockey player. Uh, and uh, the Tampa ones were uh, the Tampa one was Pat. Martin. <laughs> Yeah, again, a decent hockey player. We're not against fighting. We're against employing like, bad hockey players for the know. sake if, of if fighting. You, if you're if you guys are calling them enforcers, that that's like calling Kachuk an enforcer. I I'm no, not that's sure. That's I fair. agree, but but I, I think we're starting to blend enforcer a little bit in with just guy who will fight when called upon. Right. But that's what it is in 2023. Yeah, it's the guy who is a decent enough hockey player on your fourth line who will fight when nece- when it's absolutely necessary. But like Ryan Reeves, they didn't win. He didn't win with Vegas. He didn't do anything in in um, New York. He didn't do anything with the Wild. He is getting absolutely slobbed on by certain segments of the Toronto media. But the only thing that's been happening since Ryan Reese joined Toronto is that the dirty hits have increased both to and against Toronto. And he's gotten into fights and he's gotten some great viral moments with him jawing at players. But like he hasn't toned it down. He hasn't protected Austin Matthews. He's made it worse for them. I will say that the one thing that I think that he'll accomplish for them is we've talked about it at, at various points throughout this particular podcast, even. The Toronto media is just going to, you know, go on to the Leafs like a moth to flame. And if Ryan Reeves can be the primary thing that they're focusing on for a significant chunk of the season to take the pressure off like Nylander, is he going to get an extension? Oh, Austin Matthews had a down year last year. Is he actually an elite number one center? If people aren't talking about that and they're talking about Reeves instead, it might help the team. I like that. that. I, I really guessed, like that. But one of my the, favorite moments, Ryan Reeves, uh, of of Ryan Reeves' existence in in Toronto, has been when Corey Perry scored on Toronto and taunted the Toronto fans, and someone tweeted, uh, quote tweeted the gif of Corey Perry taunting, and said, "This wouldn't happen if Ryan Reeves were on the Leafs," or yeah. something like that. Oh, there's so many examples of it already. Like Radko, who was the guy who got suspended in the preseason for the hit on? Um, was it Kalia who got suspended for a hit on a Anaheim I no player? Idea. I have no idea. Yeah, there was remember. a knee, there was a knee on knee hit in a, a preseason game. Uh, 
were, that the Ducks were playing in. And, you know, and Radko Gudus was on the ice. He's, he didn't prevent a dirty hit on one of their players. But he was literally on the ice that when it happened. And, you know, Leafs homer Jeff Fayette, like he he was the one tweeted, oh, this wouldn't have happened. If, like he, jokingly, this wouldn't have happened if Radko Gudis was on the ice. And it's literally Radko Gudis on the ice, right? You know, basically starting the whole thing with one of his patented hip checks. That guy gets pissed off and goes and runs a different player and gets suspended for two games. Enforcers don't bring down the temperature, they increase it. Well, yeah. never mind. I the the role of the guy who exists and who scares you to the point where you don't do anything anymore. That role died with Zidane Chara's retirement. And I mean, nobody was really afraid of 43-year-old Zidane Chara. No. But like a lot of a lot of people think that Brad Marchand got away with as much as he did for as long as he did because he had Zidane Chara behind him. And you're not going to mess with Chara. I think that's a valid point. Uh, any other players that we haven't touched on that you guys want to talk about or like line combinations, power play, penalty kill, anything really? No. I think we Belinskis, got it. Belinskis, we, we kind of he's already hit on it. Yeah, he's been fine. It's a it's a minimal role. He's not asked to do a lot. 56% Corsi at 5 on 5 in the first three games. That's very strong. Like, he looks like I, he belongs. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I, I find the logic questionable that like, you're leaning on a three game sample size and you know, you're going to send down Mackey cause you don't trust him. He doesn't have NHL level success. Mike Riley has NHL level success. Uvis Belinskis does not. So I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm inserting an argument into Paul Maurice's mouth that he's actually never made, never intends to make. Yeah. But I do find that kind of interesting because that's generally the like uh conventional wisdom that like you trust the guy that has proven NHL results, and Mike Riley does. Yves Belinskis doesn't. Which yeah, is but, a fact. But here's the here's here's the confirmation bias that could be going on with Belinskis. Even though again, I think he's been fine. Remember, George told us last week this is a guy they found and they like wind and dine. It was like, oh, here's our diamond in the rough for next year. It's this right. Guy. Yeah, Uvis self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. You want to see that toy go in it. Yeah, toy on the ice and succeeding, and it's like, yeah, we found him. That's our next. That's our Carter Verhage. That's our Josh Mahura. That's our Gustav Forsling. Jake, do you remember? Do you, we were doing a podcast with George, and he was basically saying all this same stuff about Brady Keeper, and I was like, very visibly, and everybody else on the on the Zoom noticed. I was going like, no, 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 with my face, like. Brady Keeper's not an NHL player. It was obvious then. It's even more obvious now. He had some pretty good injuries, better. but yeah. Belinskis is better. But yeah. Brady Keeper sucked in the NHL. He was really bad. Sorry. I he think just there's, there's, a, there's a difference also, though, in that Keeper only had success at the collegiate level before jumping up to the Panthers. Belinskis has at least played pro. He, he was yeah. in the extra league, though. That's like the fifth best league in Europe. Yeah, it's still pro hockey. It is, but it's, it's still men. against men. The yeah. ECHL is pro hockey. Yeah, but the Panthers signed Keeper off of his collegiate career. They at least saw something. The NCAA in is a better level than the ECHL. Okay, we're not talking about the ECHL. I, I get I, the point TJ is trying to make. I, I do. He's saying that when you're playing against such a low division, yes, it may be against men, but yeah, you're it's taking still a risk. Low. Right. But yeah, either way, I, I, you know, I think part of it is they want to see that they want to see their, you know, potential diamond in the rough succeed. So they're, they're giving him shots over Mike Riley. That seems to be the case. You know why I really want Polinskis to succeed? Because we need it. (laughs) It's because I, I need someone to fill the hole in my heart left by Bogdan Kisilevich. Oh my God. That guy never got a shot. No, he was he so good early on, and he just never got a shot. Exactly. Winnipeg traded for him at the deadline. He, for did like not get, he did not get one minute with them. He did not step on the ice for the Winnipeg Jets. But hey, we got like a seventh round pick that I yeah, think we, we got a seventh round pick just used like this year. I'm actually yeah, very up. curious. Uh, 
this is going to take a second, but I want to see. You, do you want to figure out if it, if that seventh round pick was used on the Denver guy whose name I can't remember for some reason? Jack the Devine. Seven, it wasn't. That would have been great. Uh, the the seventh round pick, the 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 Panthers traded Bogdan Kisilevich, uh on February 25th, 2019 for a 2021 seventh round pick that became Braden Hatchie. Oh, Hatchie. yeah, that guy. I don't I think he's out of the organization already. Uh is he? He might be. Yeah, he he was the kind of guy that was an overager on an OHL team. Those guys, they're they're amazing hockey players in terms of the human population, but like you shouldn't even think about them in an NHL context. They're just not getting anywhere near it. Yeah, I I think Braden Hatchie is no longer with the Florida Panthers organization. I, I couldn't even find him Googling him. So uh, rest in peace to the Bogdan Kieselavich trade tree. Uh, and here's hoping that Uvis Belinskis is given the chance that he was not. Uh, the final thing that I want to say is one start in the AHL, uh, Spencer Knight. 926 save percentage in that one game. That yeah, he good, gave up two goals. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good return to pro hockey. Yeah, so. and it took a while for him to be beaten for the first time. He got beaten twice. I was watching the game at the time, and you can attest to this, Jake. You were asking me if I was watching the Checkers game, and I was like, oh, yeah, the Checkers game. <laughs> well, because you had made a whole thing the day before yeah. that was like, oh, the Checkers game is free on AHL TV tomorrow. Yeah, I'm so excited to be able to watch it. And the, the next day, memory. you were watching a bunch of sports all at once, and I was like, hey, are you watching the Checkers game? Yeah. My... And you're like, oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot <laughs> going on this time of the year. It's, it's a pretty awesome time of the year. You got MLB playoffs. All the soccer still going, all the football still going, NHL starting up, NBA next week. It's a pretty awesome time in the sports calendar. I, I kind of want to talk about one or two things quickly in like more of a, an around the league context. And the main thing I want to talk about, there may not even be anything else that we really want to talk about. But the big thing for me is that the Lightning are one and three right now. They look bad. And yeah, yeah let me I'm get into you. it. The Lightning are one and three right now. And given that Vasilevsky is going to be out for the first two months of the season, you're like, oh, they lost three games on the road. Big deal. You know, they got a point in one of them. They're one, two, and one, I suppose, because they got a point last night against Buffalo. But um, here's the thing Vasilevsky doesn't affect the fact that they're 30th in on ice expected goals percentage at five on five right now. 31st by a balling hockey. I'm I'm looking at Money Puck. It has them 30th. The only teams behind them are Washington and San Jose, and I don't think Washington's going to be behind them anymore because they apparently had a little bit of a yeah. dominating performance in terms of XG and got no goaltending against the Senators tonight. If Alex is uh, the thing you posted is right, um, so that this is definitely something to keep an eye on because you would think that like all the guys in the lightning organization, like they're, they're coming in well-rested. They finally only played one playoff series. They didn't have to play four playoff <laughs> series. And they're like, these are the two months of the season that we really got to show up because we don't have Vasilevsky. And the, it's, it's not happening. And if you ask me what the problem is, it's that that defense is bad. Mm-hmm. Victor Hedman carried that group. For a long time, they had other good players too. Like, you know, Ryan McDonough was a great player. Uh, Eric Chernak was much better than he is right now. I am not at all a Mikhail Sergachev fan. I think he's not a first pairing defenseman at all, and he's getting paid that kind of money. So I think that if, if that guy's carrying the load for you in any meaningful way, you're in real trouble. And right now, they're in real trouble. They got to play a lot better than this if they're going to survive two months with Jonas Johansson and what's the what's the guy, James Tompkins? What's his, Reese Tompkins? Something Tompkins. I have no idea who you're even talking about. The backup did they, goalie. Did they claim Keith Kincaid? No. No, Kincaid went unclaimed. I'm actually shocked that the Matt Lightning Tompkins. wouldn't take a flyer on him. Uh, yeah, the Lightning, 23rd in the league in Corsi 4 percentage. Uh, they only have eight players above 50%, uh, and they only have 
two players above 50% XG, and one of them is Tyler Mott. Yeah, that's more than I would have expected. I would have expected zero. The other is Anthony Sorelli, which is like fair because he's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My fantasy team is very appreciative of Brandon Hagel. Yeah. Uh, Mine too. But I, I very unironically put Tampa fifth in the division and missing the playoffs. And right now I'm feeling real good about that. I I genuinely thought about it, and it looks like if somebody new is going to get into the playoffs this year, it's going to be at Tampa's expense because the Islanders are 2-0, and and I think Ilya Sorokin is going to win the Vezina this year, and so far he's looking the part. He's been excellent. Got a shutout uh, last night or the night before against the Coyotes. So the Lightning, like, if if this continues, they're going to fall out of the race very quickly because you just can't rely upon this team to – go on a run in the regular season. They haven't done it in like five, six years. They They're haven't. very used to mailing it in, in the regular season and then yeah. turning it on in the playoffs. And as we talked about in the president's trophy conversation, that's the mindset that you need to have in American sports to have sustained meaningful success, but it's not going to work this year. If you don't have Vasilevsky for the first two months and Victor Hedman's a pumpkin. Right. That's the other thing. They're, they're very used to being able to just have Vasilevsky bail them out. Yeah, they've been able to tread water with the point injury, the Kucherov injury um, with Vasilevsky. Alex now, Vas- put air quotes around that for those of you who he was injured, obviously but, cannot know. see. He was injured, but they intentionally had his intentionally, surgery yeah. late in training camp to make him out for the entire season so they could be over the cap for the playoffs. Right. Um, but yeah, like they, the guy they could not afford to lose, they lost. He's being replaced by Jonas Johansson. And which is like going from, I, I don't even know what the right analogy is here. It's like going, going from a Ferrari from to a Pinto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like going from a Ferrari to a bike. Yeah. Not even a Pinto, a bike. <laughs> there's no, there's no motor on that thing. It's and the funny thing bike. is that Jonas Johansson has been perfectly acceptable. He is not high on their list of problems right now. No, he isn't. He's been much better than anticipated, but they needed someone who could cover up the fact that this is an older team that doesn't have anywhere near the depth they did two, three years ago, even last year. Yeah. The cap has gotten they the cap has caught up to them. They mm-hmm. don't have any more steel contracts on there that they can rely on. Um but yeah, it's 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 not good. They're fully in danger of being the team that misses the playoffs in October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying this not because of the three losses, but because of the fact they're 30th and expected. Yeah, they've looked really bad. It's not that they started one, two, and one. It's they looked really bad. Yeah, for, and they could have easily context, lost that one game that they won. Yeah. Um, for context of being able to say all this while the Panthers also sit at one, two, and zero, uh, the Panthers are sixth in the conference and 11th in the league in both Corsi four percentage and expected goals four percentage. Uh, and the Panthers might have a losing record, but they've at least looked good doing it in two out of the three games. Yeah. The Lightning just look bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, any other thoughts around the league? Oh, let's just let's just finish off the Atlantic real quick. Um, Boston is too early to tell. They played two games against two teams not expected to make the playoffs at home. Yeah. Uh, so they're 2-0, and but we don't know anything about them yet. Uh, Buffalo, they definitely look like a team that is on the rise. I don't know if they have enough to make the playoffs this year, but yeah. they're definitely a team that's going to feast on the points below them. And it's a matter of how many points can they steal from the Torontos and top teams in the NHL uh, to find out which side of the bubble they're on. Ottawa, uh, and this isn't even me doing the bit. They look like exactly what we anticipated, a team that can score a shit ton of goals but their defense is awful and their course. They're also in first place in the division. Okay. And well, (laughs) they're tied with another team that I feel like we should mention has looked really good. The Detroit Red Wings are three, one and oh, and they could easily be four season, small sample size things. They've looked good. Ottawa and Detroit are not staying at the top. And and I'm going to put, throw this out there now because it kind of needs to be said. How fucking bad is the NHL.com app now? It's unusable. Yeah, I'm pretty annoyed that the that if you're just looking at the scores of the day, that the previews no longer show the assists. 
yeah, it doesn't work. If you want to look at games in the past, like if you want to go like see what the scores were for yesterday or the week before, like it's a pain in yeah. the ass. But just to put into context, uh, Ottawa's start, they have wins against the Philadelphia Flyers, the Washington Capitals, and the team we just spent 10 minutes discussing, the Tampa Bay Lightning. All bottom feeders. Like Washington looks really bad. And yeah. and and to and, and just pointing it out, well, uh Ottawa may have won six one tonight. It's what I tweeted about earlier. They were up five one while getting caved in an expected goals percentage. Like it was just one of those nights where every single scoring chance ended up in the back of the net and Washington couldn't buy a goal. Like you see them every once in a while throughout the season where the mm-hmm. team getting caved in is losing by a lopsided score. And that's what Ottawa got tonight. And now I think they had a really good third period to actually win the XG percentage battle. But like, again, garbage was, time. Right. It was garbage time. None of it matters. Yep. So, so Ovi has not yet scored this season. Yeah. That's how you know that the Capitals are in trouble. Any final notes, guys? Um, let's hope the goal song is good. Uh, rate us five stars on Last FM along with the Panthers' new goal song. Uh, there you go. Yeah, throwing enjoy... it way back. <laughs> I know. <laughs> enjoy this homestand. We've got Toronto, uh, San Jose, and Vancouver. I think Vancouver before San Jose, but uh, those Correct. are the three. I believe those are the three games before we will record our next episode. Believe you're right. Uh, so, with that said, enjoy. Uh, enjoy some home cooking. Good night, everybody. Go Panthers. Go Panthers.